0: Uh, this past Friday night, uh, my wife and I have we, we've kind of fallen into the same trend that a lot of people do. That right after Halloween, Christmas starts, and then Thanksgiving happens for like a day or day and a half, right in the middle at the end of November, and then Christmas starts back up again. Um, currently, we've got our second tree put up in the the kitchen, and we've now have uh, we've watched all the up to the current time on the Santa Clauses on Disney Plus, and we're we're really getting into the spirit. But so I was like, I've got this message for Thanksgiving that i got to put together. So she's fluffing the tree and you know sweeping up the flocking that's falling on the ground. And I'm uh, in the pantry pulling all the food out and putting it back in and clearing out this cabinet and putting things into this plate. And uh, I cleared out like six cabinets, literally just to prepare for February when uh, the baby gets here. And just looking at this, like getting it all together, and like not quite nesting, but prepping all this. And I was like... We're doing all of this to get ready for months and months and months ahead, and we're not even ready for Thanksgiving right now, like this coming week. So I was in the process of pulling everything out of the pantry, and I find some can of pulled peanuts that I haven't had in like six years, and uh, there's some uh, a box of Pop-Tarts that I'm graciously going to eat this week, and uh, there's a, a stack of paper plates that was in the back, and I get to thinking, like, I'm a paper plate type of guy. When I was in college, I would go and buy the the, the 500 stack of the, the the little crinkled outside rim ones. I remember Walmart has them, it has a little owl on it. I would write on my shopping list the, the $2 owl paper plates and I would somehow be able to microwave it like four or five times. I would get as much use as possible. 2,000 uses for two bucks, can't beat it. But the perk to getting wiser is uh, Uh, and a little bit more mature is having a wife who says, we need to get nicer paper plates. So now we've got some that are mostly white, but they have a little blue trim on them, and they, they withstand the microwave. And as much as I want to reuse them, she says, just throw it away after one use. But there is a plate that is far superior from all other paper plates, and it's calling my name this Thursday. It is the one that not only has a special place in my heart, but has a special place in guiding food to my stomach. It is that chinette, perfect oval, the platter of all platters, Eric's going to bring me one, (laughs) the perfect platter to fill up with your Thanksgiving feast. So Thanksgiving's this week. But before we can jump into the food, before we can jump into the family time, I wanted to to give you some food for thought. As you go into this Thursday, what it looks like, I can kind of guess in a normal household what Thanksgiving would feel like and how you will respond. So you wake up, you start the morning of, you're preparing the bird. You're getting all the casserole dishes together. You're preheating the oven. You got the TV ready for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which will then ultimately turn into football when the day's comes to a close. These are the steps you're getting together. For me, I'm at my in-laws. My mother-in-law has this like 19-piece like casserole dish puzzle. like Things stack into each other. And I, I haven't figured out that either I'm really good at it, so I get assigned it, or I'm bad at everything else, so I get assigned this task. But I put it together, I ask how I can help, and then I realize I'm the minister of the family. About two to three minutes before we actually sit down and start filling our plates, all eyes start drifting to me. They're looking for the prayer of all prayers, the peace that is going to culminate the, the blessings for the year. And as Peppermint Patty says, are we going to have a prayer? It's Thanksgiving, you know. So I start to reflect on some scripture. I use the Lord's word as my, my backbone for this, things to, to help kind of guide that prayer through. So I can look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. It says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pretty easy. 1 Chronicles sixteen thirty four. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good for His steadfast love endures forever. I can kind of cheat. I'm pretty sure around the holidays uh, they we have, actually have a plate that that's printed on that's on the wall, so like I don't have to pull out the Bible. I can just look at that. I and mean, like my family is so impressed. It's so good. Second Corinthians nine fifteen. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gifts. As I'm getting the family together, we're circled up. We're holding hands. I'm trying not to pray too long, but not too short. I start hearing the tapping of my father-in-law's foot because the turkey is getting to the the non-desirable carving temperature. Everyone's waiting for the amen. That's what we're we're building up to on Thanksgiving Day is to when we can take our plate and start filling it up. For me, my first round, I, I go and I get chicken and dumplings. It's like a chicken soup with some dumplings in it. Mother-in-law makes it delicious. I I get a big old bowl, and that's like my my palate preparer. I eat this huge bowl of this before I ever go get any of the food. But I see this huge cornucopia of sides. There's the corn casserole, the green bean casserole, the the mashed potatoes, the, the turkey and the ham, because why not? All right, everything's on this table. You can picture this huge spread Everyone fills their plates, they come, they sit down at the table, and this is where I want you to look around. You're looking at the table because these are the plates you're going to see. You look down at the end of the kids' table. They've got the maybe the small scoop of mashed potatoes, the singular piece of turkey, and there's four, let's be safe, five rolls on that plate. The next thing you look over, a lot of times it's most of our kids, our students, maybe the college age, um, maybe the immature uncle of the group, they've put the turkey, the dressing, the macaroni, they've got the green beans, and then right as they're about to come to there, they just go over and it's like seven ladles of gravy poured right on top of it. They got this filled up gravy plate. You look over at mom or grandma, she's got the spread plate. Everything's got its spot. It's all spread out. It's, you know, her specialty deviled egg is right there. All right, the neighbor's fruit salad, bless her heart. I mean, everything is on this plate. It has its spots. It's a taste of everything. You look over at dad and you know good well, he's about to make a return trip. That, that Chinette plate, this thing right here is being put to its limits, okay? Meat Mountain is forming. There's the layer of turkey with the ham, the extra turkey on top and you're trying to find a way to put scoops on the sides, knowing good and well you're gonna go back and fill this up two to three more times. Maybe, just maybe, someone at your table has perfected the plate. They know exactly the the perfect portion of potato to gravy, the exact amount of of casserole for this, where your, your cream corn is exactly where it needs to be and it doesn't touch everything else on the rest of the plate. You sit at the table, you eat, you break bread, you share, you fellowship, you have all this wonderful time with your family. You you eat everything you want, but I want you to stop and ask: Did you eat what you needed to nourish your body? So today we're going to use some scripture to kind of break apart some of these plates. Now there is a plate that I didn't mention. It's a plate that doesn't exist. It's the baby plate. We know that the youngest of the young can't make their own plates. You're not giving them turkey. They haven't developed the teeth, but they need to eat. They're not mature enough to consume the same things we consume, but there's still a need for them to be fed. Even as an infant, even in our spiritual walks with Christ, we have a spiritual nourishment that needs to be fed through infancy. You can do that by praying with one another, reading scripture, representing Christ. If we look in Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 through 15, it reads this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we, reach, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of the people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. That's the first plate. That's where it starts. It's the first serving, it's where it's at. Our spiritual nourishment's gotta begin somewhere. And that's from we as the body of believers, feeding those that don't know. You have the kids table. We tend to put them over on the side, first off because they're messy, second off because the table is so tall and they're so small. And so maybe it's a little fold out card table Maybe the, it's, you go into Sam's and you actually get a kid-sized table, but they're off on their own. And before you sit them down, before you go make your plate, you, you've got them gathered at the end. They're loud. They're messy. They're adorable. And you beg and you plead with them to get maybe just one more green bean on that plate, just one. You desire for our kids to, to develop an understanding of what it looks like to to eat properly and have nourishment, but we also, in the same ways, desire for them to have nourishment with Christ, knowing who Jesus is and why he died on the cross. But it's through that maturity that we haven't fully gained the value of what is nourishment and what's not. In Matthew chapter four, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. As they're polishing off half of pan of Sister Schubert's finest, you've got to invest in them. You've got to love on them. Help them grow in their spiritual nourishment. Help feed them. There are some of us that still get kids' plates, and I'm not going to blame you. I love smaller portions from time to time. But don't settle for a kid's plate when it comes to your spiritual plate. Next up on our docket here is the gravy plate. All the essentials are there. You've put it you've put the what is seemingly going to be the, the perfect plate. Everyone's in watching. Dad's happy because you got that perfect cut. Mom's happy because you didn't overdo the macaroni. You've got just the right scoop. Grandma's happy because you finally tried her deviled egg. Everything's on there until you just drown it in the gravy. And unfortunately, doesn't matter what's on your plate. When you cover it in gravy, it's going to taste like gravy. Mashed potatoes with gravy, tastes like gravy. A deviled egg in gravy is going to taste like gravy. That turkey, as much of the flavor that was, that was fried into it, that was baked into it, however you cook it, it's going to taste like gravy. This is a stage of our lives when we're growing closer and closer to God, but we tend to drown out and dilute our spiritual faith. We, we drown out what's going on because we're either afraid of those around us, we don't know what's happening, that we don't really fully grasp what it looks like to take that responsibility. In James chapter one, looking at 22 through 25, it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says, Don't cover it up. Don't try and hide it. Don't put a disguise on it. Don't forget why you put all those things on your plate in the first place. If you want a gravy, just grab the pot and just drink right out of it, all right? Don't ruin your spiritual nourishment by covering it up with things of this world. Our next two plates that I was I talked about was our spread plate and our return plate when you're going back for your seconds and thirds. And for me, these are on polar opposite ends of the spectrum. Every aspect of our spiritual feeding falls could fall into one of these two categories. You're either underfilling your plate or you're overfilling in areas. But some way or another, you're being left hungry. Much like the spread plate, we try to fill our, our plate with every aspect of spiritual nourishment. We try to put ourselves in this Bible study and this Bible club and we go to this and we're in this choir and this choir, and we do this, and we listen to this devotional and that podcast, and we're getting tiny little taste of every little thing, but we're not fully developing into one spot. We're getting a bunch of little samples. You wouldn't want to eat your Thanksgiving dinner at Sam's Club, I'm sorry, okay? You've got to fill your plate and have proper amounts. You can't just have one bite here, one bite there. It may be because your life is stressful. You've got kids, a busy job, Life itself is just running in a hundred different directions and we find ourselves just trying to squeeze in what little taste we can along the way. I picture the my mother-in-law and my uh, Hannah's grandmother and the aunts and some of the other ladies that are, that are helping prep the food because like, the, the guys kind of gather around to, to cook the turkey and we take out the trash and we do the heavy lifting but like, all of those other dishes are are prepped together and when I look over at their plates and they just have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I know they're just trying to get a taste. But when I look at that and think in a spiritual context that they're missing out, they need way more than just a singular bite. They're gonna be hungry. And what will end up happening is you're gonna have folks like me who I'm the return plate kind of guy. I fill my plate up. I get my one to two bowls of, of dumplings. I go in and I take my Chinat plate and I a third of it's macaroni, another quarter of it's green bean casserole, corn casserole, mashed potatoes, and I pile it all up. I go and I go and eat this plate. And it's delicious. But I have a, a Thanksgiving criminal issue here is I forgot my turkey. It's so easy for us to, to pile on and to take in as, as much as we can. I can sit here and read God's word every single day and learn as much as possible and go and listen to 1,600 podcasts and be in this seminary class and have all of this and pray all the time and be taking all this stuff in and loading up my plate. But the second my wife says, hey, can you grab something for me? And there's there's no room on my plate for me to serve her the little bit that she needs. that turkey that I'm neglected, that I missed out. That's my opportunity to serve out to others. If I continue to fill my plate up and take and take and take, and I'm, I'm filling up and I feel so good, at the end of the night, I'm so pleased with myself because I ate good. But when I miss the, the, the key piece of my spiritual life, I'm gonna go hungry if I don't have that, that opportunity to pour out as much as I was poured in. In Mark chapter 10, verses 43 and 40, 45, it says this, Not so with you instead. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. I can't go hungry because I'm eating so much in my spiritual life and not serving out, not following the example that Christ has set before me. But I also can't go hungry in my spiritual nourishment by not taking enough in, by not seeking God. In John chapter six, verse 35, it reads, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. When it comes to our faith, Jesus is our bread of life. But it's not just having it on the the table for us to serve up. It's not just saying we cooked it. He literally says, whoever comes to me will never go hungry. We have to take that. We have, to, we have to reach out, we have to accept and say, I want Jesus to be a part of my life. I need that a part of my spiritual nourishment. We have to fill our plate, we have to eat. We have to make sure that, that the food that we put into our bodies, the spiritual nourishment is filling us up properly. We can't just spread nourish, spiritual nourishment out and hope to be full. You have to seek Christ to know Christ. Now, I said that there, there's this perfect plate. I've been around for a lot of Thanksgivings. Some of you have been around for more than I have. And you may think that you have mastered the perfect plate. But I feel like we all fall victim. We either eat too less of something or we eat too much of something. For me, I, w- I would say that I, I may eat too less of the corn casserole until I have the leftovers and I polish off the whole Tupperware container about six hours later. there's a, we will never get that exact amount the way we want because we ourselves can't be perfect god made a promise to us that even while we were still sinners god gave us a way through his son christ a man who came to earth lived a perfect life died on a cross for us but he didn't stop there he conquered death that showed the world that he was indeed the messiah he lived a perfect life took his seat in heaven Now, the reason a perfect plate is a perfect plate is because you have eaten exactly what you need to be properly nourished. You leave no crumbs, but you also left room for dessert. The sweetest of the sweet, the pumpkin pie, the chocolate chip cake, whatever it is that's there, you left room for dessert because if you eat so much, And you take in so much. In our spiritual walks, we take in so much. We do so much. But we're not ready to accept that salvation. We're not ready to accept the sweetest of the sweet. That is the dessert. We can't have that perfect plate. In Isaiah 55, God makes a promise to David. But it's not limited to just him. Looking at... Uh, middle of verse two through verse three, it says, listen, listen to me, eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me, listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. Now, even though this is written before Christ is here, God has made that agreement with us, that covenant, this promise that there that cannot be broken. He's saying everlasting But he's not just writing it directly to David. He's writing it to each and every single one of us. I've told our kids before, when you see a name that God is calling, he says, I'm calling out to you, all right? I'm reaching out to you. I'm promising you, David. Scratch the name out and put your own in there. As I read into this, it says, I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My my faithful love's promised to Ashton. God loves us. He wants us to have this relationship. He wants us to see him. He wants us to leave room for dessert. Think about your spiritual nourishment. Think about what you put on your plate. This Thursday, when you're looking around, you're gonna see the kids' plates. You're gonna see the plates that are mountain-covered. The ones, uh, maybe you have someone who it's a little bit and they don't want anything to touch. Maybe, just maybe, you'll get really close to seeing that perfect plate. You'll see a gravy plate. But I want you to, to think past that. Have the food for thought. When you look at the food, when you look at this bread, when you look at your family, be reminded of what Christ has done for us. Because not only is he calling us and making us these promises, he's telling us how to find him, how to seek him, but he's telling us he's there. He's giving us each and every single step, all these verses coming together. So through the craziness of the day, the preparation of the food, the watching of the floats and football, I wanna leave you with these three steps for Thanksgiving. Number one, bless the food, Bless the day. Use your time of spiritual feeding to glorify God. Number two. Make that plate and stay nourished. With your walks with Christ, fill it up with what you need to be nourished picture the the, the perfect plate that says this many vegetables, this many starches, this much protein, whatever that breaks down to, if it means this much time in prayer and this much time doing devotions, this much time worshiping, this much time serving out, what that looks like, make that plate stay nourished. But most importantly, leave room for dessert. That's our end goal to have an eternity with our Father, our Creator. The sweetest of the sweet. For me, dessert is probably my favorite part. It's what I'll go over and try and sneak a bite of apple pie while everyone else is cooking because I like it. I find a way to cut a corner out of the, the chocolate chip cake and then re ice over top of it because I love that just like that with my spiritual nourishment. I love the fact that God has paved a way for me to know him. An eternity, perfection, a covenant made that will not end. So church this morning, I'm going to we're going to have a time of response. We're going to open up the floor. I'll invite the band back up as they're playing and as they're doing that. I'm going to be praying. If you're in this room and you need to respond, if you feel that that you yourself have, have been eating the baby plate or the kid's plate or the gravy plate, and you're wanting to seek more, you're wanting to find that next step, you're wanting to, to have proper nourishment, use this time to pray. Use this time to reach out. If you're in this room today and, and you say, I'm ready to take that next step and no longer be the, imma, the immaturity of where I'm at and I want to seek God more and more, I'm ready to have a relationship with him. I'm ready to enjoy that dessert. I'll be down front, Eric will be down front. We'd love to talk with you. We'd love to be able to pray with you. We'd love to, to have that honor to be able just to, to, to serve you today. But this is a time that we're giving back to God. Thanksgiving doesn't have to start on Thursday morning. We can start right now by blessing that day and blessing our spiritual plates right now.